Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know. Thanks for joining us once again, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today? It's going pretty good. You know, we've been having a pretty interesting conversation in the live group for the last 20 minutes now. And I'm not going to tell you what it was about. Because I don't want to have all of our listeners unsubscribe from the podcast. But if you want to hear what we are talking about, then you can go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. What? I'm opening with an ad already. Like, first thing I say was an ad. It must be Ad Tuesday. You know, I listened to the other on Friday. We did five, six minutes worth of ads to start (laughs) the show. I listened to it two or three times because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) And. I might be the only one, but I thought it was really funny. Hey, if you make ads funny, then they're not really yeah. ads. I just thought it was funny that we just kept doing the ads. Like mm-hmm. It's not that the ads themselves were funny, but yeah. we could just... And if you didn't think they were funny, maybe you need better help. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. Betterhelp.com slash GML yeah. if, you, if you didn't think they were funny. Yeah, that's, that's your fault. That is what you should do for sure. So we've only got a few stories in the stack today. As I'm ruffling through my papers over here, we've also, only got a few stories in the stack. Also, if you're watching live, which you can do by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, then you <laughs> also know that it's pretty chilly in the studio today. Mm-hmm. We're both wearing jackets. We're both wearing jackets. We don't have control over the thermostat in this, but like what they did apparently is they remodeled these um, offices. Like we're in an office, we created uh, half of it. Half of it is a. Uh, an actual working station where Nate and I get a lot of work done. This part is the studio where we've got, you can't see everything, but it's all built out with lights and all kinds of stuff. Still a work in progress. They could see it actually, if they joined on locals, that's right. Taking some pictures from the other direction. That's right. You can see all of that. Totally worth it. A picture from the other direction. Yeah, man, that's a big deal. Exactly. But uh, apparently they split, this used to be one giant office and they mm-hmm. split it and they didn't give us a thermostat on this side. We didn't know that until we moved in. <laughs> and so now we might have to go knock on our neighbor's door or. Oh, I'm never going to ask for them to turn the heat on. That'll yeah. never happen. That's the, the fact that so during the, during the summer, they were saving money by not turning the air conditioning on. And I think during the winter, they're going to save air conditioning by not turning the uh, save money by not turning the heat on. And that's great. I can at least enjoy the winter time because I would it, much rather it be cold. It balances out. Yeah, exactly. So um, we've only got a few stories today. I thought it would be good if we if we took a little bit more time the on each one of them. The live group is always so good. I know. You have to... 
You have to join the live group so you can see the chat. Everyone's very upset about their names being in red right now. I can change it to a says, different color if everyone wants a different color. Magoo's giving us taglines for the ads. He says, locals, come for the podcast, stay for the 180 degree pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Came for the podcast, stayed for the locals ads. That's yeah. exactly what it was. I got to change the colors on here sometime. Everyone's All right, while Nate's changing really the upset colors, about I'm going to tell you, you know? about our first story here while Nate's changing Oh, no, the I'm reading this everybody. one because the one... The next one's very important for you to read because okay. you have a kid. While so, I'm changing the colors. I already changed the color. It's done. Nate is going to tell you about our first story here about the old, the old, literally, the average age of the Supreme Court is pretty old. <laughs> it is old. Yeah. I think Amy's the youngest one in there now, and she's 47. Trump really brought down the average. Yeah. Honestly, he averaged down. He on did. the age. He did. Because um, he wanted those people in there for a long time. <laughs> this one on the Supreme Court, I thought it'd be good to take a little bit more time on these, but uh, it's not exactly about a specific Supreme Court case, which is probably where Charlie got confused, because I always have Charlie read the cases, because he's big on law and everything. This is more of an idea, and I'll make sure that we... I got my law degree from the University of Phoenix. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good law degree, you know. They're accredited. That's fine. Yeah. Aren't they? Are they still accredited, I, have no idea. I guess? I just. So, yeah. the first thing here that we're going to talk about has I to do. I just thought it would be better than saying Trump University. Supreme Court justices may have met a vaccine mandate that some of them don't like. So, they've already done some cases on vaccine mandates and they have declined to hear them all the way out. They just said, nope, not, not interested. You can do that. Okay. So uh, make sure that we explain our viewpoint on this well so Joe Bizzle doesn't get mad at us, which, <laughs> which is still going to happen. We all know that that's still going to happen, but we'll try to not not because of this. A group of unvaccinated Maine healthcare workers are asking the Supreme Court to block a state rule that mandates certain healthcare facilities require their employees to be fully vaccinated arguing that the requirement violates their religious liberty rights. You guys probably know where we're going to go with this, but so far the justices have declined invitations to strike down vaccine mandates at Indiana University and New York City schools. But the main dispute could be different. That's because workers are making religious claims that could attract some of the justices. The case is reminiscent of religious liberty disputes that arose in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. Remember back in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic so long ago when states passed strict rules seeking to combat the spread of the virus. The court's conservative majority ruled in favor of houses of worship in those disputes. Quote, even in times of crisis, perhaps especially in times of crisis, we have a duty to hold governments to the Constitution, end quote. Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote at one point. The main vaccine mandate is set to take effect October 29th. The workers argue that it violates the Constitution and Title VII, federal civil rights law that bars employment discrimination based on religion. While Maine offers a limited exemption for some medical situations, it does not consider requests for religious objections. Maine has plainly singled out, this is a quote, plainly singled out religious employees who decline vaccination for religious reasons for especially harsh treatment. Favoring and accommodating employees declining vaccination for secular medical reasons, they, they do not agree with that. Okay, that, they said at the same time they are favoring and accommodating people. I missed that part. Okay, so what are we going to say about this, Charlie? Well, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, you don't like the fact that they use, that they can use religion 
um, you think that it should just be based on liberty, regardless yeah. of religion. Well, it's not that I don't like the fact that they can use religion. I think the people who can use this to their advantage, that they should do that, and they should win the cases, and they should get that exemption. You're I saying, th- but you also think that Supreme Court should hear the other cases yeah. as well. Yeah, the ones for maybe yeah. people who aren't arguing that they have rights because they are religious. Now, just so we're clear on, on, or I guess I'll be clear on where I stand, which is companies themselves should be allowed to mandate the vaccine, but the state cannot, neither can the federal government, the state government, your local government, none of them should be allowed to mandate that something go inside your body at yep. all. And so where I agree with this is that they're arguing that the state of Maine should not be allowed to enforce this mandate. Um, and I I completely agree with that. Yeah. That's something, regardless of it's a, if it's a religious exemption or it's because I don't want it. The, the, the Supreme Court should hear any of those cases um, because at, at no point does the Constitution or even state constitutions give the government the purview over uh, medical decisions, especially what goes inside your body. So. And of course, the confusing part of this is it's not exactly as if they're tying people down and putting vaccines inside of them. They are saying that as a condition of employment, that that should be the case. But where we uh, disagree with that is that they force that as a condition of employment on private employers, whereas the private employer may not want to have that as a condition of employment at that place. So that that's where we start to differ on how people feel about this. The workers objected to vaccines because of the way they were either developed, researched, tested, produced, or otherwise developmentally associated with fetal cell lines that originated in, in elective abortions. AstraZeneca and J&J vaccines were developed using aborted cell lines, through the, though the final product does not contain fetal cells. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were not manufactured from fetal cell lines, and the final product does not contain fetal cells, although their testing used these cell lines. And so people are using that, whether that's what they truly believe or not, that they don't want that to be used. I'm sure a lot of people do really feel that way. Now, the Vatican has came out and said that it is morally acceptable to receive COVID-19 vaccines that have used cell lines from mm-hmm. aborted fetuses in their research and production process. Pope. The Pope himself has said that. Pope Francis. Yeah. Just Pope, gave... Pope Marx has came out and said that that's okay. Yeah. You know. And we're actually going to be interviewing someone. And if you're into cooking, you know uh, you know him as garlic. <laughs> we're going to be interviewing someone uh, that is going to be talking to us a lot about how the Catholic Church is moving in this direction. And I think where we're going to be going with it is how the government might be using essentially a partnership with the Catholic Church. Uh, now, listen, I'm no expert on Catholicism. No, they uh, wouldn't do such yeah. a thing. There's no way that the Catholic Church would become like this tyrannical thing that would try to rule over people and mm. and and control them that that wouldn't actually happen but since you know it's a little different say with other religions where you have that personal relationship with god or with whoever or you have direct access it's a little different when you're basically having to get that access through someone else and they are telling you what is right and wrong and that could be constantly evolving depending on which pope is in office and and telling you what is what is right or wrong it's just a little bit different we're going to be going down that road a little bit this uh this week no offense to anyone who is catholic i'm just saying that the government and the pope may or may not like the idea of working in partnership with each other when when a, a pope can 
Pope down upon us what is okay and what isn't okay and what we should do. Well, and what we not shouldn't just do. our government, but governments yeah. around the world. Yeah. Um, Albany Law School I, Dean. I know, you know the EU came to him, and I don't remember Pope Francis. Um, is he where he's from? But it doesn't matter. Um, I'm sure the EU and America and all of them, uh, you know, they, they called him up and they were like, look, Francis, we really need you to say this. <laughs> like, we really need it. That's what Parker yeah. says all the time now. It's like, you really need it? Yeah. yeah. Like, Dad, I need some water. I really need it. Lacey's just been telling everyone just how delightful and, and amazing Parker is, uh, by the way. Well, you know, you're like, well, she should take him for more than a few hours. Yeah. Take him for a month. <laughs> um, let's see. I think it is very likely the Supreme Court will take on a case challenging the state vaccine mandate that does not allow for religious exemption, especially if the state allows for medical exemptions. And the issue I have here with this, as Charlie alluded to, was that the the Constitution does protect your right to your religious freedom and the free exercise thereof and cannot force you to do something that would impede your ability to be exercising your religion. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't protect anything else. The Ninth Amendment is very important here, saying, that, hey, we didn't list out all the rights. That would be impossible. Okay, we didn't list out all the rights. This does not imply that these are your only rights. That doesn't imply the government can take away all the other rights that you have. And so what I, what I don't like in this is that they've came out and said that, well, we recognize that because you are religious and are of a specific religion, then you have more rights than other people do. Now, I'm not upset with the people who are religious going out there and seeking the religious exemptions. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I think that they should do that. I think they will. I think they will actually win some of these cases. And I want them to do that. What I don't like are the principles of people in the government who have decided that you essentially have more rights. And it's not that they actually think you have more rights. It's that they don't have the legal power to take those rights away from you like they do other people. And since you're religious, they've decided you've had rights. It's harder for them to make an argument because separation of church and state is such a big deal to, to, let's say, our generations, right, that are in power – it's so much harder for them to make that argument because they haven't been able to make much headway in slashing the religious freedom like they have other freedoms. Yeah, It's been much easier for them to allow mandates and do other kinds of things for other reasons. But for instance, like Obamacare, the only uh, objection that was allowed was religious, mm-hmm. right, for the mandate. Vaccines, it looks like the only exceptions that the only exemption that's going to be allowed here is going to be for religious um, and some medical exemptions, if you've got, well, yeah, you know, uh, maybe. Some but for al- instance, Obamacare, you know, like uh, Hobby Lobby and all the all the Christian companies fought to say, like, hey, we shouldn't have to be mandated to cover birth control because that goes against our religious beliefs. We don't think people should use birth control. You should let human life form at will. And the, um, the answer is that no one should be forced to provide exactly, any of those things. Exactly. That's the real answer. But the courts. And the government has been able to basically circumvent those types of liberties and they make excuses for them and everybody kind of goes along with it. But they know that they won't, that people won't go along with skirting the religious piece of it, which is why I think it's always such a big deal. And it's why people bring up that case. And I don't blame anyone for doing that. I, I don't, because if you can get the government to not violate your freedom based on whatever part of the amendments you can, since they've taken so many uh, from for other reasons 
then I say go for it. Um, uh, it would be interesting to see. I just I'm wish, sh- like you, I just wish it would be. It's because we're, we're free people. Mm-hmm. Like you're court, not a different human being according to what religion you are. Sh- the court should take up the case and be like, oh, well, yeah, the Constitution doesn't give the government any authority to mandate vaccines at all. So yeah. actually, if this person doesn't want something, doesn't want to do something, then the government can't make them do it. And it's, and it's even more absurd when you think about the, oh, it's all a public health issue. Because what I just said right there, what someone on the left would say back is, well, you can't have the right to go out and hurt people, which is what they say you're doing if you go out and you're not vaccinated. But religious people have the right to go out and hurt people, I guess. Right. Well, That's what you're saying? Yeah. If you're religious, well, they can go out and hurt people. Well, it's because. Now, I'm not saying that. That's what they're saying. When they cough, it's with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah a, that's right. Yeah. It's been blessed. They're, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're sputum. Every time you said blessed you, it had to do with your saliva. Saliva glands. Yeah. yeah. So when they That's cough, they the first thing that comes out of their mouth is the Holy Spirit blocking the coronavirus from getting to that next person. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're filled with the Holy Ghost around Halloween. It's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, right. it's a thing. Um, let's go on to the parents' claim thing because this is probably well, going to take call some this, time. Well, let me just call this out real quick, though. The Indiana University and some other cases that were uh, done, I guess, for secular reasons, mm-hmm. um, they were actually blocked by Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go, folks, for your the, your Trump nominee, um, turning out to not be uh, maybe the best, you would say, when it comes to actually protecting liberty. I yeah. have I have issues with, with um, Kavanaugh as well, um, and I think, honestly, Gorchus has been... The closest, maybe, although I have a few issues with him as well. So we have issues no, one's with gonna, no one's going to be perfect. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, that one in but, Indiana, um, I will say that is a little bit more. I know we'll make the argument, well, universities aren't really private. I get it, but that's a little bit more along the lines of something that we would agree with because they would have the right to do that because the university was deciding to make that a requirement for people that were going to that school. And there's no one forcing that down upon the university. It's the university making that decision to do that. But you think, could you get an exception if you took like online classes? <laughs> I, I think they're wouldn't doing that, some of those. Wouldn't that be something? There was a story about the kid who said he was kicked out, even though he was completely online for not being vaccinated. We ended up not talking about it because I kind of thought he was BSing a little bit and uh, couldn't couldn't confirm because the school's official policy was that if you were online, then you didn't have to get vaccinated to attend the school. Mm-hmm. And so since the school's official policy was that I, I kind of went down the road that he was kind of BS. It all, de- it all depends on whether you want to be at school so you can do keg stands and stuff, or mm-hmm. if you need to actually like get an education. Yeah, you don't have to go to school to do keg stands, by the way, just so everyone knows. I meant like with your friends. Yeah. Oh. You, you don't have to go to school for that either. <laughs> no, you don't. I didn't do a single keg stand <laughs> in college. That's, yeah. So, right. I've actually, I've, I've never done that before, but you, you guys get the idea. You didn't do one at, at John's house? Not that I remember. Yeah. John no. used to throw some parties. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. A keg of dogfish 90 minute. Mm-hmm. 
It'll get you drunk. It'll get you drunk. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> All right, this one's going to be a little bang. bit frustrating, so we'll get into this. All right, from the WAPO. Thanks, Jeff. This is a long one, by the way, so I'm going to keep interrupting you constantly. Okay, parents <laughs> claim they don't have the right to shape their kids' school curriculum. They don't. So parents claim they have the right to shape their kids' school curriculum. They don't. You don't. According to the WAPO here. In their search for issues that will deliver... That will deliver Congress in 2022. Conservatives have begun to circle around the cause of parents' rights. Parents in quotations. Yeah. Parents. In Indiana, Republican Attorney General Todd Rokita recently introduced a parents' bill of rights, which asserts that, quote, education policy and curriculum should accurately reflect the values of Indiana families. In Florida, the legislature <laughs> passed an even, more, Florida. an even more comprehensive bill. Assuring that the state and its public schools cannot infringe on the fundamental rights of parents. One might conclude that radicals are out to curtail the established rights that Americans have over educational sphere. Yet what's actually radical here is the assertion of parental powers that have never previously existed. This is not to say that parents should have no influence over how their children are taught, but common law and case law in the United States have long supported the idea that education should prepare young people to think for themselves, even if that runs counter to the wishes of parents. Now, if education was actually really about teaching students to think for themselves, I don't think many parents would have much of an issue with that. No. Actually. You'll see that in... My notes I put inside the article, that's that's not really what they do there. You don't teach how to think. When do the interests of parents and children diverge? Well, that answer is 18. When they become an adult, by the way. <laughs> Generally, it occurs when a parent's desire to... Uh, inculcate. Inculcate a particular worldview. I wanted to say inoculate. I, I did like, too. That's not inoculate. A particular worldview denies the child exposure to other ideas and values that an independent young person might wish to embrace or at least entertain. Really? Yeah. To turn over all the decisions to parents then would risk inhibiting the ability of young people to think independently. <laughs> so. The, the question is, do, do, do schools expose kids to different worldviews or are they specifically teaching worldviews? That are very specific. Are they teaching kids the, how to think or what to think? That's the problem. They're actually teaching them what to think, which yeah. is if they were teaching them how to think, then I think it would be just fine. And I don't think many parents would have an issue if you're just saying, hey, question everything, research some stuff, see what you come to your own conclusions about this. We're not going to tell you what to believe. Um then I think it would be completely different. But the problem we have in education, the reason why parents are so upset is because um, that's not what's going on. Well, teachers it's, are human beings and they're ideological. And so they, when they're teaching, they're teaching from their worldview. And you have, you have teachers that aren't shy now, it's even in middle school and primary education um, that are coming out and basically saying that they're just fine indoctrinating children. Mm -hmm. like that's their whole goal anyway. That's why they became a teacher. And so when that's when that's the case, then it's a it's a really big problem. Plus, are you not going to have any say on what your child's exposed to? Like, can your teacher can you just watch porn? That's a, like, well, they they need to see what BDSM was like because the so they can make up their own mind or whether they actually want to be a sadomasochist. You know, the, the answer is um, 
I like the you're making me think of billions right now, and so now I'm yeah. thinking about how much I want to watch that show. Good, great show, and a really good show on Showtime. Um, the now, now I'm thinking of billions, and I can't remember earlier in this article they put in quotations parents' rights. They put in quotations fundamental rights of parents, and they say that these are rights that have never previously existed. <laughs> like, like all history starts with. The Department of Education. Like, that is where history starts. It starts in the 70s. That's where it is. Or it starts when the U.S. government starts. And that's still talking from the standpoint that the U.S. government gives you rights, that those rights never existed before that. And that now you don't have those rights because the government actually never gave you those rights. You never really had them. Well, that's not what the government does. It protects rights that people have. It doesn't give people rights to do things. And then when you go along the lines of like this democratic idea, what's a school supposed to be? And what's the school board supposed to be? And what's the government supposed to be? It is supposed to be, they put in quotations, it was a quote, reflecting the values of Indiana families. And why wouldn't your school system reflect the values of the people that make it up? If you're also thinking from a democratic democracy point of view, why would it be ridiculous that a school system would be made up of the people that are in the area and that that is what the school system would go with? We have this this one ideology ideology. Well, okay, And then also ask the question, what, what is so wrong with parents having a say? Like, what is so wrong with with and why are they trying to protect this so much that they're literally coming out with signs and people that are voting vote to vote and things like that to say, you know, vote for me because I'm against parents' rights. Yeah. Like what, what, what are they trying so hard to protect? And that is the education institution that they mainly have control over so they can indoctrinate your children. It's dangerous for them for and people so to have other ideologies. Here's, here's the interesting piece right here. They go, the sudden push for parental rights then isn't a response to substantive uh, changes in education or the law. It's a political tactic. That's all it is. And so that's that's why they're afraid of this because they right now have control and they don't want the other side to have any influence whatsoever because then that is a danger to probably one of their most proven institutions. Now, it's to, not to, to create more Marxists. It's not to say that there isn't any politics going on in all of the school board fights around the country or that people like say Fox news and Newsmax aren't amplifying things to sometimes make them worse than what they actually are Mm -hmm. that, but the, the problem that they don't really admit to here is that both sides do use political, both sides do use things as political tactics and that is totally fine. But also if, parents, a large group of parents decide that they care about something or disagree with what the school is teaching. The idea that like you don't have any right, any say in that. Also, get out of the freaking public education system. Also, there's been massive changes in public education. (laughs) Yeah. Massive changes. And do you guys, I mean, you remember when um, Common Core came into the subject, that's all you heard about, which by the way, I I don't think there's anything wrong with Common Core. I, I get um, a lot of parents were upset because they were like, well, this is the way I was taught. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting, and I actually think in Common Core math, I was never taught Common Core I math. I do too. But that's how I actually think. 
um, when I'm going to multiply whatever, 321 times 12, well, I do 321 times 10, mm-hmm. so I can get an easy answer, and then times 321 by, times 2, and then add those together, and that gives me uh, a lot easier answer. Yeah. Somewhere close. You should have picked an easier number for I the live podcast. Somewhere close. Probably. To, somewhere close to 4,000. Yeah. Anyway, um, if I thought about it more than what I'm going to say next, then um, that, that's, that's typically what I do, and that's what Common Core teaches. But a lot of people were upset about it. There have been a lot of changes. The No Child Left Behind Act done by George Bush and um, Common Core and all kinds of things. I remember when I was a kid, parents had a lot of say. I mean, we had to send a permission slip home for just about everything. If we wanted to watch, what was it? I don't know. Beauty and the Beast because it was rated PG or something. Like get your mom's signature for it. Like parents should have that. So the paranoid style of politics is particularly useful for organizing opposition. Republicans, those damn Republicans employing it right now have two particular targets in mind. The first is a public education system at an annual cost of nearly three quarters of a trillion dollars. Tuition-free open enrollment education represents one of the nation's most substantial commitments to the public good. <laughs> at an annual cost, now this is what all the schools are paying. It's not just like the Department of Education's budget or anything. At an annual cost of nearly three quarters of a trillion dollars, tuition-free <laughs> at an annual cost... Of nearly three quarters of a trillion dollars, tuition free. All right. I think you guys get the idea mm-hmm. right there. You want yep. these people teaching your kids? $750 billion, same as tuition free. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Well, before Ronald Reagan's failed effort to introduce vouchers in the 1980s, conservatives were making the case for, for a privatized system, one in which families, not taxpayers, would bear the cost <laughs> of education. <laughs> Say How can that again. you write this? <laughs> How could you write this? One in which families, not taxpayers, would bear the cost of education. So, so I'm guessing most families don't pay taxes. I guess family. half the families don't. There's different. You become, it's like you step outside of your body when it, you become a taxpayer. You're no longer the family unit or the individual or the person. They'll go, oh, that's taxpayer Nate over there. Yeah. Nate, right there, that's that's free. He's not paying anything for that. He's a family man. Taxpayer Nate is getting screwed right now. Yeah. Normal family man Nate, he doesn't have to pay anything. He's like mm. separate people. So obviously, whoever wrote this piece right here is an idiot. So yeah. let's... Then he continues on, he or she continues on, that says governance would happen through the free market rather than democratic politics. But except they don't want democratic politics, and even if it's going to stay... <laughs> Public education. They're arguing against people coming together in groups yeah. and deciding what the education system is going to teach free. at the same time saying that that, and by the way, the free market system is the best democratic system because people get to vote with their dollars, exactly. which they earn through their time. That That is, in a sense, a democratic system mm-hmm. and is the best one. All right. Y'all try to stick with me because this is, this is difficult to get through. <laughs> For years, the Republican Party has understood that the demographic tide is against it. Knowing that every vote matters, the GOP has increasingly relied on a strategy of voter suppression. 
We have way less people voting now than yes. used to be. The, they keep suppressing votes. Simultaneously, Republicans have worked to ensure that their base turns out in force by stoking white racial grievance. <laughs> and when your argument is a, a burning dumpster, <laughs> then you have to throw this kind of stuff in because now you win. Now you win. It's just, it's just white people who are mad about losing their white dominance. Mm -hmm. So you need to argue in favor of stopping the school system doing this. And you're just a racist. You remember how there were no education changes at all? Um, the recent firestorm over critical race theory that's been introduced. So no education changes. There hasn't been any big education changes. But a firestorm over critical race theory is a perfect case in point. Never mind that this concept from legal scholarship isn't actually taught in K-12 schools or that it isn't what most protesters believe it to be, which isn't true, by the way, because we know it's being taught in some K-12 schools. Well, all they now, do is they call it a different name. Yeah. That's because that's that's all. Yeah, I mean, you can say that uh, the true cost will be zero and you can say things like, oh, we're not teaching. We don't have a piece of paper that says critical race theory curriculum 101 here's what it is and since it doesn't say that at the top of it then you're not teaching mm -hmm. critical race theory uh, a couple news items just right here one big one rumble just acquired locals how about that I, I heard dave rubin saying that there was big news on the horizon really so what is rumble rumble is that um is that that video uh platform like uh I've seen I've seen some people on there. I can't get logged into our account because I made one apparently a while back and I cannot figure out the login for it. Oh. So now I can't use the I can't use Good Morning Liberty uh, because I've already made an account with Good Morning Liberty and now I can't figure out what the login is. So that's great. Hmm. So uh, that's 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 great though. That's uh that's probably going to be good for us people who are using locals. Maybe they're gonna uh, make the website better. Yeah, I have some uh, some more money. I'm upset because it. we weren't consulted about this beforehand. We weren't. <laughs> Republicans gain an electoral advantage by convincing their base that white children are being taught to hate themselves, their families, and their country. Which was happening, by the way. There's videos of that. Yeah, um, the, my question I put in here is, isn't this something that both sides do? Which is not an argument saying, well, the other side does it, so we're going to do it too. But... The argument that white children are being taught to hate themselves, their families, and their country. Well, hasn't there been a lot of uproar about, you know, racism being a thing? So could you say that, like, that that anyone who is black is just out there talking about stuff that doesn't actually exist? Like, would this person say that? No. They're just saying that anyone who is of a specific color, that their grievances are incorrect. So I don't know. It's interesting to me. So whether this supposed attack on the American way of life is being coordinated by Black Lives Matter activists, Marxist educators, or Antifa operatives. Those are all the same thing. <laughs> the point, as Hofstadter observed, is to generate an enemy thought of as being totally evil and totally unappeasable. Another thing that both sides do. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. The, an enemy thought of being totally evil and totally unappeasable. Yep. The extreme left and the extreme right do this mm -hmm, all the mm -hmm. time. If you're not with me, you're against me. Courts have found that parents have great authority when it comes to deciding how to raise and educate their children. This right, however, does not mean that public schools must cater to parents' individual ideas about education. 
Parents can opt out of the public system if they wish and pay to send their children to private or religious schools. But even their parental rights remain subject to state regulation and override. Can they get their tax money back? Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> why I put that in bold right there. Yeah. Can you truly opt out and pay to send your kids out of school when you're paying? Now, I know it's only taxpayer person that's paying for it, not a family person mm. that's paying for it. But you're already paying to send your kid to that school. And you're supposed to have a say in that, I think. I guess not. I guess it's a ridiculous idea. It's If you're paying for it, there you should... If you're paying for tuition-free school, you should have no say. And you see how important those ideas are, how we talked about how it's separated. The taxpayers are separated from the individuals because normally when you're paying for something, you should have a say in the product that you're getting back out of it. But since we've we've separated like this taxpayer class out from everyone else. And we act like the people whose kids are going to school don't pay any of the taxes. Even if they don't pay any taxes at the end of the year, they still pay the taxes because they live and they consume. And all those taxes are also worked into the prices of all the goods that they're buying at all times. And it's worked into whatever job they have, whatever it is, even if you don't have a job and you're just living off of the, the, the government dole, you're still paying those taxes because those are still worked into the prices of everything it is that you're doing. So everyone essentially pays the tax, whether it's directly or indirectly. And this idea that we're going to separate that out and then say that the families themselves don't have any say in it. Well, that's ridiculous. And it's, it's erroneous on 12 counts. It's very, I counted. And it's a very anti-democratic argument. I don't mean Democratic Party. I mean, democracy-wise, very anti-democracy argument because they're saying, well, it doesn't matter how many parents don't want people to be teaching this. What well, we say goes. And what's interesting is, is he, he says, he gives, he gives the example for the other side, but he says, thought of as being totally evil and totally unappeasable. Isn't that his whole argument against the Republicans here? That they're totally evil and totally unappeasable. They're totally evil and un, 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 unappeasable. That's yeah. exactly what the entire entire article is about. Gaslighting. Exactly. You're taking something that you're actually doing and saying, well, they're the ones that are doing it. In the article. In the act. Yeah. In the article. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But I, they're right. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl or, or they, but that's the thing. When you're right then those kind of annoying principles don't matter. They don't. You can say and do whatever you want. And that's all that matters. We should all accept that there's a chance that we're not right about things sometimes. I, I think that that would be important. I, we only know one thing at all. You call me the, the one who knows just about everything there is to know about it, everything or whatever, but I only know one thing and that's the, people own themselves that I have no ownership over other people. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure I know that. And then I can base a lot of arguments off of that one thing that I know that I don't own other people because we've moved away from that over the last couple hundred years. You know, it's not okay to own other people. So since I only own myself and I don't own other people, then I can't decide to force other people to do things. And I feel like that's a pretty simple argument, but everyone should, should consider whether or not they're right about things. Because what happens when you've decided, they've unless decided. You have, unless you have a kid. Yeah. You can make your kid do things. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. You have ownership <laughs> over a kid. Yeah. That's a, you know, very nuanced conversation there, but yeah. yeah. I'm, 
I agree with that. To me, that's the only libertarian exception. But actually, you don't have ownership over the kid. Everyone else has ownership over your kid, but you don't have ownership over your kid. But somehow you have partial ownership of other people's kids. That's right. Makes complete and total sense. Because I'm a family man and a taxpayer. Those are our children. Separate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you teach my kid, Charlie? To to be the best centrist. No, can't do that. Marxist he can possibly be. Not allowed to do that. (laughs) We have decided that you're not allowed to do that. Oh, wait, did you say Marxist? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's what I, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. A centrist Marxist. Centrist Marxist. Yeah. Um, well, that makes them better. We, uh, just like democratic socialist. It's one thirty. We spent 20 minutes in the pre-show beforehand. So why don't we go ahead and end yeah. this thing? Thank you for hanging out, everyone. We surely do appreciate your time that you are spending with us on a daily basis. Everyone here in the live chat. If you want to hang out with us, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. And also make sure you tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children that they need to go listen to Good Morning Liberty on their favorite podcast app. If you do all of those things and we'll be right back again tomorrow with some white pill news. I got to try and come up with something for that. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>